Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast, coming up on this episode. The author of 100 Greatest Climbs and more Greatest Climbs tackles the Alpe de Zwift for the first time. What does he make of it versus real life? Academy winner Tanya Erath gets her racing legs ready for the Tour de Yorkshire. Plus, Gillian Bearden, the transgender athlete at the centre of the huge fuss that engulfed Team Fearless. Well, it's been ages, uh, but here they are. Uh, Good day, Shane Miller. How are you, mate? It's been a long time. Oh, it's been a long time. I'm very, very well. Looking forward to getting stuck into episode 49, Simon. Yeah, episode 49. Time marches on, hey? Uh, Nathan, it's been kind of slightly less of a long time. We were actually physically together, but this is the first time we've done a Zwiftcast where we've kind of all been back in our home places. How's things with you? Yo, dude, I should say. (laughs) Things are going good. Real good. Uh, Definitely good to be back home for a little while and uh, catching up with the fam. So... Excited to get on with uh, again episode forty nine. That's uh, we've done done quite a few of these. It looks like. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but um, as ever, rarely short of anything to talk about. Um, Shane, I think the thing that's been keeping you away from home uh, most recently has been this big tour of Australia, which kind of kicks off the indoor season, the indoor Zwifting season in your part of the world. I see you wearing a fleece today. I suspect the weather's uh, weather's got a bit cooler, has it? Um, so the mini tour of Oz, uh, lots of different parties, lots of different cities. How was it? Busy, busy and hectic. So I missed out on the New Zealand one. That was a little bit too far for me to jump over the pond for that one. But I did cover the Melbourne event, the Sydney event and the Brisbane event. And uh, yeah, really, really good. It's the third year running. I think so we have to have been back around this time because... Yeah, as you see now, I'm, I'm, I'm rugging up. It's coming into our winter. It's perfect time for people to be like looking around with, you know, what am I going to be doing all winter? Well, you can be riding on Zwift. So they come and showcase what's new and they did. And uh, yeah, good times, good food uh, and lots of good times set up the KOM and with Gold Rush. They were using the Gold Rush oh. um, little feature of Zwift to ride around and just sort of showcase that. And people had a lot of fun. So yeah, lots of good times. Okay. Um, now, well, I mean, one thing I did notice on the on the Australian and NZ tour was was the kick climb uh, in strong evidence there at the events, and people got the got the chance to use it, which is just about the only chance that anybody has got to ride the climb, as far as I can see, because I do think it looks to me uh, as there were who are going for some kind of world record here, and there'll be one complete <laughs> cycle. Of Eurobike, because Eurobike's coming up. I mean, it's like it's like four, six yeah. weeks away now. It's not far away. Yeah. And there is still no sign of the climb. I mean, you can't buy a climb, you know. I went on a website in the UK, and it was the old coming soon thing. And they did have a date on it, but it looked to me as though somebody just picked a date out of the air, actually. But And that date was July. I mean, the, WTF, I think is probably what I want to say, Shane. I mean, have you got any idea what's going on inside? Why would that? I mean, to be fair, they're not normally like this. No, usually Wahoo are pretty good. Usually when we see something announced at Eurobike, it's available straight away. It's like the Apple releases when a new phone comes out or a new watch comes out. You can buy it right now or you can pre-order within a few weeks. The climb itself, yeah, what the shipping is going on with that? We we don't know. I I do know, though... (laughs) That there are a number of uh, 
a number of firmware updates coming out almost daily for this. Um, so I'm, I've got mine here. I'm, I'm doing the testing, sending the feedback back and, and quite enjoying it. It's, it's rock solid and it's been up out the Zwift a few times. Um, I don't know what's going on. I mean, we, when you think about it, it's a simple device. It goes up, it goes down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. about it. Smart yeah. trainers do a lot more than that. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I don't know. I'm tempted to say, what the hell of the point is of firmware updates are when you can't even get the damn hardware? You know, I mean. <laughs> but you've no, you've no inside on this. I mean, do you think it's just like no, produ I, production problems? Uh, there must be something behind the scenes going on because with these devices, even though I just simplified it by going up and down, these things use the power pack is twice as big as a kicker and it does use quite a bit of power because if you've got to list 40, 50, 60 kilos up and down and be responsive, there's a lot going on underneath this little thing. So they might have bitten off a little bit more than they can chew, but I don't think this will be the first time we see Eurobike be more of an announcement show than a launch show. I think yeah, that's yeah. what Eurobike's going to be this year. We shall see. But look, I really hope to see these shipping soon. I've been having a lot of fun on mine. I'm sure a lot of people who are after the premium experience will want the kicker climb. Oh, and it's, it doesn't just climb as well. It goes down too. So it's a kicker yeah. up and down. I think it's yeah. probably more accurate, yeah. but hopefully soon. Fingers crossed. Yeah. 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 60 kilos, Shane. 60 kilos and the rest, I think, actually. I mean, I think they'll be, I think they'll be, I think they'll be legislating for at least, at least double that. Anyway, I did hear you say, just uh, in the course of that little, uh, not particularly illuminating discussion about where the hell the climb is, uh, that you've been up, you've finally been up uh, um, Alpha Zwift. So uh, the, the, the world awaits, Shane. The world awaits your verdict. Uh, well, let's start with your time, actually. Come on. What was your time? Oh. Okay, I've done it five times now, but officially it's only four because one of the times I was trying to get a good camera angle and I accidentally hit the down button when I was not in camera zero and it spun me around and the timer disappeared. So that achievement of writing up five times hasn't been unlocked. I'm going to have to do it six officially. Um, my time, 53 minutes flat. Um, I think I can yeah. shave a bit off that. Like everyone, I think they'll set a time and go, I can go quicker than that. So that's me at the moment. That's me thinking I could be quicker than 53, but... That's that's my stake in the uh, in the ground for now. No, that's not bad. No, that's not bad at all. It's dumped out quicker than me. That much is for sure. Nathan, you had your eyes on the forty-five prize, have you not? Or were you were you actually thinking you could get sub forty? Where are you now? Yeah, the uh, sub forty. Sub forty was what I was thinking Ooh. about. Um, but I uh, since last time we talked training has gone out the window. Um, so uh, we're hey, I'll bring for up the late Hang on, here we go. summer training. Yep. <laughs> late but okay. I did give it, give it a good crack recently. And um, about halfway up, I don't know if there was a signal in the room or excuse. Incoming excuse. We're talking about got it. Got it. Eurobike. Wait a second. You're talking about Eurobike. I, this is actually relevant. Where are the hardwired trainers? Yeah. I was swearing. I, I mean, I don't swear a whole lot, guys. And I was really mad. Okay, Thir like 30 dropouts at a certain point. I'm and I had a really good time. I thought I was really like timing each one of the critical moments where you really have to go over threshold mm -hmm. where it matters. And I was, I was like, Oh, this is a great time. I'm really, I kept on hitting personal best on each of the thing. The next thing you know, it was like, drop out, drop out, drop out. And, I, and my avatar is just sitting there. My heart rate's 180 beats per minute. We've all been there. <laughs> like, 
Uh, but oh, anyways, yeah. um, what I still don't have the wheels. I don't know no. what is going on there. I'm getting All close right. to 25, I think. I've done nothing but Zelp Plus. attempts pretty much every time I ride Zwift. And I don't know if it's like something against level 25ers that they built into the drop rate or what's going on. But I'm like, I got like legendary weapons in World of Warcraft easier than these <laughs> wheels. Yeah, that, that, uh, how many oh, pairs yeah. of gloves though? That's <laughs> Too many. The, the, the wheels, I was going to say the mythical wheels, they're not actually mythical, but they kind of might as well be mythical. They're certainly pretty damn rare. Um, anyway, all this talk about the Elder Swift leads us very nicely into our first feature, which is a man who really knows his climbing onions took it on uh, to, to test the veracity and realism of it. He's called Simon Warren. Here he is. Well, welcome to the Zwiftcast, to Simon Warren. Simon, I've been, I've been wrestling with how to introduce you, and I've kind of finally settled on the man who knows more about legendary cycling climbs than anybody else in the world. I'll, I'll give you some air. Blow your own trumpet. That, that may be stretching it a little bit. Set my stall out as the expert and uh, documented you know, over 500 of them now. So Yeah, and, and I mean, these are, these are reflected in, in visual spectacle in your, your wonderful books. 100 Greatest Climbs is probably, it's probably the most famous, isn't it? Have you, yes. have you, have you got more? 100 Climbs, that's the, that's the one that started it all. Yeah. 100 Greatest Cycling Climbs. Uh, we followed that with another 100 Greatest Cycling Climbs, which is the sequel. Yeah. So they're all still based in Britain. Um, after that, we went really ambitious I did the 100 greatest climbs of the Tour de France. <laughs> so I rode uh, 100 mountains in one summer, best summer I've ever wow. had. Well, I mean, that's a significant body of work. And I, I think we're now convinced that, you know, when it comes to climbs, you, you know what you're talking about. Yes. So a British magazine asked you to do a piece which I read and, and saw. It was yes. really, really fascinating uh, because it was you tackling the Alp du Zwift. Uh, and, I mean, with your kind of heritage and knowledge of climbs, that was interesting. But what yes. was also interesting is that, is it you were new to Zwift? I've had a long-standing relationship with Outdoors, um, and every year I've ridden it at least once. So I've made that my thing now. I have to go to the app once and then smash an effort out up. So I know it inside out. Um, I've never used Zwift. I have scoffed at people when it's a sunny day. Why, why are you on Zwift? Zwift, get out, get outside. You know, yeah. um, you know, why are you sitting inside? It's not real. Uh, but then, then the app came up, and I thought. Now, now I'm really intrigued. I need to try this. So I put a little message out on Twitter, um, and then Matt Payne got back to straight. Okay, so I'm come over, come use my setup. Uh, we had a, a familiarisation session, which really I went away with my eyes like this. I mean, it's like you know, we don't play many computer games in this house, so I don't have much access to these sort of virtual worlds. It was like this is awesome, you know. It was immersive. It was a bit of a shock when you first ride it, especially the gradient changes. Yeah, because you sort of in a real road, you'll see it a bit more. So. You, there was nuances which we had to get used to before we could actually have our attempt. Yeah. From yeah. being a, a sceptic, you were kind of an instant convert, not not to a substitution for outdoors. And, you yeah. know, Zwift would never even say that they are that, but as, as a complement to outdoors. Yeah, I've got a turbo, and I don't use it as, as much, but I'll do intervals every now and again. And 45 minutes lasts a lifetime. Mm. You spend two hours on there, and it just like that. So if you know purely if you want to enjoy your time riding indoors and to have a focus to it and a purpose to it, but then you know the the, the really interesting thing that you can and perhaps only you can comment on is 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 how 
well they replicated outdoors. So what what did you find, given that you've been up and down this mountain more times than most of us have, have had hot dinners? You said the last five or six years, since the advent of, of Strava, really, really trying to ride it hard to, to get a better time each time. Mm. I've sort of become quite tuned into the, you know, the, the gradients, the, the rest you get around the corners and how you use that to rather, you know, change up, push on, or just hold back and spin. And these are the things I wanted to test. So I was going, right, have they got this right? Have they got this right? Of course, your surroundings are completely different. You, you don't see the great views down into the valley and stuff. I, I was concentrating on was the tarmac and how it felt. Um, and honestly, you know, I think it, it was it was dead right. And, and the actual shape of the road w- w- was perfect. And I knew where I was. Always in my real life efforts, when I get to the bend four, I just want it to end. And I mean, really, and I'd paced it just right, and I was exactly the same thing. I had Matt there shouting at me, Come on, Simon, come on. There's a lot more sort of road furniture around you, a lot more to distract you from the, the pure sufferings. That's a really long stretch. See the gantry, come on. Massive splash, come on. Yeah, yeah, then three to two, and then one was just turmoil. So I finished with, I think, on the Zwift segment, 43.50. Whereas my time in real life is 49.45. Mm. But it, yeah, it, it, I thought it was it was bang on, and I was really really impressed. So I just want to know what they're working on next. Oh, every, you know? uh, yeah, everybody yeah. wants to know that. Yeah, I want to see when when's the tourmalet turning off? When's von two turning <laughs> off? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's always great to to hear a convert, you know, yes. because uh, those of us who've, who've got the kilometres in on Swift do do kind of know how useful it is. And, yeah. Uh, uh, particularly someone like you, like I say, you know, with your intimate knowledge of, of, of mountains and, and hills and climbs. Really, really great to talk to you, Simon. Thank you very much indeed for your time. Thanks for having me. Viewers and listeners who might be wanting to take some of that indoor fitness outside this summer, perhaps to the great climbs of the tour, might be interested in Simon's app. It uses your phone's GPS to navigate you to the base of climbs, keeps score of how many you've done, allows you to check the climb's fact file and see who is the current KOM or QOM, a very useful tool for the travelling grumper. Uh, well, that was interesting, really interesting. Um, I mean, he beat his real lifetime, but there could be two words that explain that, Shane, which might be the words tax and vortex. Uh, they are known for being just a t- fraction generous, I think, the Vortex, aren't they? Uh, yeah, calibration is very, very important. I'll say that for sure. <laughs> now, um, Nathan, I- I'll come to you on this. Uh, you know, I, uh, my, my views on the, on the Alpes Rift are well known. You know, I think, it's, uh, I think it's a magnificent achievement and I think they've done a, a, an amazing job on getting a, a long climb into the game. However... Those st- sector stats that, that have popped up recently, I mean, I just, I, I just don't understand them. I don't understand what, what, what they are or what their, what their purpose is. And, and 
I just don't understand them. I mean, am I being really dumb or are they next to useless? They are confusing as you climb, it seems like, to me, each section. They make sense to me that they are your personal best for that uh, pass, that number. Yeah, but, but, then, that but then you've got, then you've the, got to uh, memorize that personal best. <laughs> Haven't you? Because yes, yeah, because, because, it, because, because all of the a sudden the it goes best away. Thing disappears. It disappears. So it's like yeah, yeah. It's, what ridic- I yeah, it's ridiculous know, in my opinion too. Yeah. What I want to know is where I stand right at the moment, right now, against my personal best. Now, unless I've memorized that, I mean, it must be said here. You know, I'm not good with numbers. You know, numbers and words are my thing. Numbers are not my thing. <laughs> but 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 even for somebody who is good with numbers, you know, to actually. Expect people to memorize a number, keep it in their head, and then, ugh, well, it just—I mean, let's be, be honest—it just—it doesn't work, does it? This this thing doesn't work at the moment. It gets really frustrating. So I see it, and I'm like, mm. these are the numbers coming up. But then, when it matters most, like mm. when you're climbing for the KOM, and you mm. can see what the time is you're chasing while you see your time up yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Now I do know that um, this was. You know, this wasn't released with the Alpha Zwift, mm. and then it was released afterwards. And I think it probably will have another release coming. So I think it, they really wanted to get it out there. And I think that there's probably now I have no I have no inside info about this or anything besides yeah, I mean, that no. I know that it was supposed to go with the initial release, hopefully, but didn't make it, and then um, came a little bit later. So maybe this is like, you know. 1.0 on it and we'll get a 1.1 and I'm assuming that we'll have a new one where you can see your current time and your best time next to each other because right now I agree with you it's like it's cool to see how you did and what your personal best is but you even then you don't know if you're seeing that after you get yeah. past it yeah, yeah, you know what I mean yeah. like it's am just, I still seeing just, my personal best yeah. or am I seeing my time from today it's like just, it, Shane, it's just super confusing, isn't it? I mean, it's not, you know, everything, yeah. you know, the, what, what Zwift do do very well is, is you know, that thing that all modern software companies got to do, you know, it's it's intu- intuitive, but this just isn't. Yeah, it's a little bit of information overload on the left-hand side of the screen there. I can It makes total sense, except for exactly the sector you're on right now. What yeah. I want to see is like, there's... <laughs> There's a lot of information there, but not enough at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it just needs a little refinement, like that one extra number of where you are, even a countdown timer for your PB or how far you're off or something like that. Yeah, it's a tough one to have because there's a lot of information on the screen, but it's just the information that we want isn't there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Um, I do like I'm, the concept. I'll say that. Oh, the yeah, concept the concept is yeah, great. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get rid of it. Agree. Don't get rid of it. It's a great concept. No, 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 leave it there. It, it carves the climb up just nicely, and we need that carved climb for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, no. I mean, for sure, it's what it's what everybody wants, and I think I think they do recognise that. And, and maybe this is just a first attempt, very intense, uh, or maybe not. So <laughs> you know, but anyway, it, it kind of doesn't work at the moment, guys. But you know, I'm sure you can make it work. And um, one one thing that that has worked, kind of to, to my surprise, actually. Um, because of the time commitments, it's these extended tours that, that have been promoted um, uh, in the events section. So the tour of Watopia, 
Uh, it was huge success. I mean, I've, I've got some stats, actually. I'll edit them in afterwards. Um, right about here. So here come the stats. 20,000 Zwifters started the tour of Watopia. 5,000 of them completed all seven stages. About 50% used a makeup day to get the tour finished. And get this, three Zwifters did the entire tour just using makeup days. Okay, that was the stats. And um, that is a lot of people doing it. I mean, a really lot of people committing themselves to to a huge undertaking, really. I mean, these these successive things. Shane, you've been surprised by how successful these kind of things were? They, they did one for Tour of California as well. Yeah, look, for sure. I was at an event on Saturday over in Adelaide. Again, a little you know, continuation continuation of my uh, little Zwift tour for the for the winter season. Mm-hmm. And everybody who walked into the store and was talking Zwift, were talking to each other. Hey, have you done stage three? Have you done stage four yeah. yet? Have you done yeah. stage five? What's your what was your time trial time? Everybody walking into the store who were riding outside were riding the uh, this tour. Uh, yeah, really surprising, absolutely surprising, but great to see. It's a really good incentive. Uh, I did one back in December, the um, the tour of Bright here, a race that got cancelled. They quickly whipped yeah, yeah. something together in three or four stages and away we went. And it really hooked me in. So I, I totally get it. And these are fantastic. I'd, I'd like to see more of them. Yeah. yeah. Bit of a kind of sleeper hit, um, Nathan, this one. It, it sort of came from, you know, the success of it came from nowhere, really. They made it suitable to everybody to just jump in any time they need to, right? On your schedule, yeah. when you need to jump into yep. it, on the hour, every hour, I know that, if I want to get mine done for the day, I can just jump on and do it. And okay, well, I couldn't make the three, well, I can make the four, you know? And so it's always something to aim for at this time. And you know what's going on throughout the uh, these dates. And it's if if you don't have a, a coach, coach plan or you don't have something other that you're aiming at, it's something that's everybody's doing, you can jump into it's, it. I think it's great. Great yeah. little format change that's getting people involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, um, and, and like I say, it sort of, or maybe I just wasn't clued into it, but sudden, suddenly it was the one thing everyone was talking about, Tour of Watopia. Uh, so talking of tours, see what I did there? Uh, well, I spent some time at the Tour du Yorkshire, which is a huge event. Uh, I think it's a huge event on the cycling calendar now, actually. Certainly a huge event in my part of the world because all the stages were within an hour or two of where I live and the sun shone and the helicopter shots of Yorkshire were absolutely beautiful. The racing was fantastic. Uh, so big up to, for the uh, Tour de Yorkshire. It was a fantastic event. And I was lucky enough to spend some time at the Tour de Yorkshire with Tanya Erath, the winner of the Zwift Women's Academy last time. This was only her third race. She'd crashed in her second race. Uh, was recovering from injury and um, she was pretty keen to uh, show well for her teammates at the Tour de Yorkshire and so here's the story of how Tanya got on there. With equal prize money and live TV coverage, the Women's Tour de Yorkshire addresses both long-standing grievances of the Women's Peloton, making it an important date in the calendar. To Canyon Shrine Racing! For Canyon Shram, another bonus, an unusually swish hotel. Both male and female pros don't often get that. It's where I caught up with Zwift Women's Academy winner Tanya Erath as she got her pre-race massage on the eve of her third pro race. I would lie if I would say this feels like routine to me. Every single race that I do in this on this level 
it's totally new for sure I'm, I'm nervous Taken out by another rider on a descent in her first race in Spain, the subsequent lower back injury hampered Tanya's early season training in Girona. But she bounced back to ride the Healthy Aging Tour in Holland. That was pretty tough. The crosswinds were pretty heavy and um, like it, the, the race started and with three seconds the peloton was split into several small groups. I couldn't support the team as I really wished to. So maybe like a dis disappointing experience. So I hope that now in Yorkshire, um, everything's better. <laughs> the early start to the women's stage left little time for nerves, but Tanya confesses that the crash has had an effect on her. I don't feel uncomfortable in the bunch. I, I think that my crash from Valencia was a little bit in my mind because as soon as I wanted to overtake the peloton on the left or the right side, I was afraid that somebody swings out and just takes me down again. But the bunch is where Tanya will be today, undertaking the classic duties of a domestique, following the instructions of director sportif Ronnie Lauker. I wanted to protect our leading riders, cover them, protect them from the wind, bring them bottles. The goal is yeah, that you can contribute as much as possible to the team's success, these things, that is what we want to see from her. This is Tanya's biggest goal, to prove herself to her teammates. It's her first race with today's road captain and experienced racer Tiffany Cromwell. Her opinion will count. She's like so fresh into the sport, so, you know, she does want to learn. Like, we can't throw her in to say, yep, she's going to win. So I think she's embracing that role and using our expertise. And you know, that's, we want to help her develop and she wants to like make the most of this opportunity. And today's high profile race is a big opportunity. You'd forgive Tanya some nerves. The last hour before the race is, is the worst because then the nervousness rises. So I just want to start and... But with Christian Prudhomme, the Tour de France director floating around the start and live TV coverage, this isn't just any old race. Does the TV coverage affect anything, I wondered? No, I don't think about it, actually. I think when I'm in the race, I'm in the race. And in the race, 132 kilometres around the Yorkshire Wolds with the sprint finish in Doncaster, Tanya was alert and attentive, always aware of her teammates' positions, shielding the protected riders and chasing down attacks, following Ronnie's orders to the letter. Tanya's efforts didn't go unnoticed by the commentary team. Once again, it's Tanya Erat from Canyon Schram, the German rider who signed after she won a competition run by Swift, the virtual racing program. It's all rage. She will be quite inexperienced in a peloton, but obviously very strong. So strong that it was Tanya who started the Canyon Schram lead-out for the final sprint, with 5k left to go. She crossed the line safely in the bunch and I grabbed a word with her straight afterwards. The last pull was all out, so, yeah. But do you think you did your job for the team today? I think so. At least the girls said good job. I mean, they know that I still have to learn a lot, but it's good to have Tiff. She's telling me a lot, and she's, like, over the radio telling me when I should stop to pull or when I should start to pull, so that's, that's quite helpful. You know, I kind of guided her throughout the race, and... Um, she was great, you know, like she reacted straight away. Her bunch skills are really good. Like I had her covering some of the early moves and, you know, she was even there in the final with us doing the first part of the lead out. So I was quite impressed, you know, ever since I've known Tanya, I knew she had the general idea. 
for sure there's a few things we need to teach from like the tactical front, but um, her general idea was really good and she was really helpful within the team. So, you know, it's exciting to see. Yeah, so I guess I did my job. You pleased? Yeah, absolutely. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, absolutely. It was fun. Now, I watch a lot of bike racing, um, as you might expect, um, particularly glued to the Giro at the moment, which is a fantastic race, this edition. Yates is, is something else um, and delivering on, on early promise. But anyway, I, I digress. I, I watch a lot of bike racing, and uh, but I tend to watch the race. I, I tend not to watch one particular rider, and I think that's probably what, what most people do. But, but this time, Shane, I spent a lot of time watching one particular rider because I was looking out for Tanya and, and how she was doing, and she did so well, so, so attentive to the position of her teammates, looking around the whole time, really alert. I mean, she really looked as though she was... She was right on it, right on that job of being a domestic. And being a good domestic, that is actually... its kind of, I mean, I know everybody says this, it's an underrated skill, but it kind of is an underrated skill because a good domestic, that, it's a hard job to do, isn't it? And a hard job to do, like, really, really well. Uh, I think it comes down to finding the right person with the right work ethic. So yeah. being a good domestic should be easy if you have the good work ethic but yeah. finding a good domestic is the hard part so a lot of people are cycling you, you you need to be in it for yourself as well it's a lot of you know there's only one rider across the line there mm. um but you need to find somebody with that work ethic who will work and give up their i guess their race wins or their opportunities for the ride leader uh, or for the team leader yeah um and that can change that can change in a in a heartbeat we saw that with uh mitchelton scott Yes, over. So Chavez out the back and now Yates yeah, yeah. is now. So yeah. they have to change roles pretty quick. So somebody with good work ethic who can even spot that on the road within a split second. Um, but it is a tough job, though. There's no pressure to win at the end, but you've mm. got to be there for the entire race or as yeah. much as you can until you have got nothing left to give. And then you swing off and you'll be rolling in across that finish line, maybe half an hour behind, maybe 15 minutes when they're packing up or the podium is being done. So that'd be the hard part. Nobody really gets to see what you do at the pointy end of the race. So it takes a special kind of person to get that done for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Nathan, you, you run a team, so you'll, you'll know about roles with it, within teams. It's a, as much a psychological or an attitudinal thing as a skill thing, I think, to be a good domestic, isn't it? As, as Shane just said there, really. I almost think that their, hard, their job is sometimes harder. Um, they're always nose to the wind they're always the one making sacrifices guessing how far they can actually sacrifice for the team so um yeah it's a it's a tough role to play and i've seen a lot of riders not make their career because they weren't willing actually to play second fiddle yeah. they said i'm not gonna you know it was, it was the whoever's show you know what i mean the, the, their career was always about um the mirror the, what was in the mirror rather than the whole team you know what i mean and and uh they weren't able to put that aside for the bigger picture which was if you're gonna i mean i don't know i saw those pictures in the in the women's race uh in the yorkshire race and was like watching that final sprint and knowing how many team members had gotten them to that moment of a sprint yeah it's not just that sprint that got that there you know what i mean yeah. it was it was yeah. it was so many sacrifices up to that moment it's a lot of puzzle pieces to put together and a lot of sacrifice overall. No, she did, she did, she did really well, actually. And she, she looks to me, I mean, I'm no, you know, I'm no DS. I do watch a lot of pipe racing, but, but she, looks, she looks to me as though she's the real deal, Tanya. She looks like she really has got what it takes to, um, 
to 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 become accepted both as a, a valuable team member and within the peloton, which is which is also very very important, uh, as as Leah learned last year. Uh, this sounds incredibly boring, actually, but it's super important. And this is the uh, GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulations, which is a um, an initiative that came out of the European Union. I'm sure everybody has had just as many begging emails from all those people that you uh, that seem to have your details that you didn't quite realise had your details, actually. Uh, you've had all those begging emails saying, please stay in touch. I'd be, I'd be delighted in, in immediately trashing 98% of them, as I'm sure most people have done, actually. Um, but there is one really interesting thing to come out of this, Shane, and that's... Um, Zwift have announced, as part of their GDPR compliance um, uh, regime, things that they're doing to be compliant with this law, because everybody's got to be compliant with this law, even if you're not a European company. Um, but one thing they have announced publicly in a small forum is they're working towards a they're working towards a, a public API. What might it give us that, that we don't have at the moment? I think what I was getting at, I think I said public API. I've probably got that wrong, actually. I mean, I think what, what Zwift have announced is that they're going to be working, they're going to have a, what do they call it, like a developer, a developer's group. Uh, I mean, I think I, what, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. what I think it means is, you know, all those like super cool add-ons you can get for Strava, like Bella Viewer and uh, Strava Sticks and Strava you know, Sticks. all, all yeah, of yep. that stuff that just that just deepens your... Strava experience. I, I would now expect if this thing goes ahead, that they've said that they're, they're probably going to do, that, that we're going to see lots of like cool tools for, for Zwift like that or lots more. Uh, I'll go the other way. I think we'll see less initially because this is a bit of pain okay. for long-term gain at the user level. So at the moment, pretty much anyone can grab the data or grab the packets and do what they're doing with it and make cool little tools. We've seen that even with Gold Rush. And things like that. Um, this is just going to regulate that and give Zwift a little bit more control of the data that they're sending out to people, which is a good thing. Is a good thing. So early on, it might stifle a bit of um, development, um, but I think once people are on the development platform and they are a, uh, a certified API uh, developer, then it's there's going to be, I guess, correct documentation what they can and can't do, and then we might see some really cool stuff coming in the future. So it might take a bit of time. Yeah. Development platform—that's the phrase I was I was grasping for and failing to get. Um, Nathan, I mean, you you've you've seen this in, in in the games world. I mean, I think I think Shane's right. Actually, I think stuff might close down early, but then then medium term or long term, we're going to get some some super cool stuff. Do you do you think that's the way it'll go? Right now, um, I think it's like Shane said, kind of just cowboy shooting. However, they you know wild wild west a little bit there, and then like. How integrated does it actually get, and how well does it actually work when somebody does, when a third party does do something with it? So, with more attention paid, more robust, and more in line with programming, and you'll have some really cool things that um, the community and and registered third parties can can make. So, yeah. I think I think it's a good thing, but it'll be slow moving up front like you guys were saying for sure okay uh well that's our little uh, public responsibility slot on gdpr it is important actually i mean it sounds boring but it is important i uh got hold of frank from cbr and glenn from swift power who are the big big kind of third party data users on swift just to ask them whether you know the average swifter would see any difference after may the 24th 
25th, is it the 25th, Shane? 29th, May the 25th? Anyway, yes. End, end of May, yes. when GDPR actually becomes law. And they said, no, you know, there, there shouldn't be any interruption in service and nobody should see any change. Frank said his rankings might be affected a little bit at the beginning. And I think there'll be some bumps in the road as this legislation works through. But hopefully for Zwifters, uh, we won't see too much change. Okay, well, let's spend a little time as we get towards the end of the Zwiftcast talking about the enormous row. And it was a big row that hit uh, women's racing, in particular Team Fearless, over the past few days. And for those who missed this, well... You're probably lucky, uh, but, if, but for those who missed it or maybe only caught part of it, here's, here's a kind of summary of what went on. I was passed a message from the admins of Team Fearless to a team member asking her to resign. The important bits of the email said this. None of the admins knew that you are transgender. One requirement for joining the team is biologically female. We recognise that we should have used wording making our requirement clearer. The intention is to prevent people having an unfair advantage and creating drama and speculation about the integrity of the team. Very quickly, the identity of the rider emerged, and it was none other than Gillian Bearden. She's fully transitioned and has been for some years. She competes in real life as an elite athlete, She wrote that she'd been welcomed with open arms by the women's racing community. And, what's more, she's been the subject of the medical testing that led directly to the International Olympic Committee's drafting of their trans policy. That policy is too involved to outline in full here, but essentially trans athletes must have testosterone levels in line with agreed limits as set out by the IOC. If they meet those requirements, they can compete. Full stop. No arguments. Cue a huge social media storm. With a big outpouring of support for Gillian, a lot of invective directed towards Team Fearless, and it must be said, some voices which were not sympathetic to Gillian, claiming that trans athletes still get an unfair advantage, despite what the IOC guidelines say. The point was also made that Team Fearless should be able to set and enforce their own policies, regardless of anything the IOC or any other sports governing body has to say about the matter. With me so far? But it's not over. Team Fearless then released a statement after the row which pretty much reiterated its position and pointed to the lack of governing body around Zwift racing and limited resources available to a volunteer team. And then, in a further twist, around 20 members of Team Fearless released their own statement, pretty much disassociating themselves from the team leadership and referencing the breakup of the team. Because many commenters on social media had asked the same question, I approached Swift and asked them if they had anything to say on the matter. They released a statement which included this key phrase. We're continuing to work with all teams and clubs on Zwift to encourage them to adopt established competition policies like those held by the IOC and embrace an overarching spirit of inclusion above all else. 
Well, a few days later, I managed to speak to Gillian. Let me start by just asking, yeah, just, just give me your reaction to, to what happened with Team Fearless and, and the events subsequent to that. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it really came as a shock to me. You always have a fear of getting rejected. Right. Um, and, and I've been rejected by family members, by friends, and, um, you know, I've, I've had, in general, overwhelmingly amazing support in my local cycle cycling community. Yeah. But in something like this, I was just afraid that, yeah, I was just going to get rejected. And... For no reason, you know, for um, either hatred or it's, you know, there's some bigotry in there or not understanding um, religious beliefs. And so, you know, I I just really tried to just remain low just because of that reason. Yeah. And a fear that something might happen. Yeah, I I can understand that. I'm sure many people can. I mean, I think that there might be some bigotry around. I'm sure you're in a better position to judge that than I am. Uh, and there might be some hatred around and the same applies to that. But I also think there is a, an enormous amount of just plain ignorance. And I don't mean rude ignorance. I mean a failure to understand for what it's like for athletes in your position and the rules that regulate how you are permitted to race according to, you know, no less a body than the IOC. So uh, some of this, I, I think, does stem, doesn't it, from what could we call it? A lack of education. Let's just go back maybe two years. Two years ago, a big media blast like this, I would say that um, there was 40% more hatred, bigotry, ignorance um, out there then. This last time, it was kind of nice because with the work I've done um, as people have moved uh, culturally more towards uh, acceptance of trans men and women, mm. um, there's there's more awareness in it as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's very encouraging to hear that you feel the levels of understanding are, are increasing. But let me just put a counterpoint to you, Gillian, uh, uh, because, you know, this did come up. People say, oh, yeah, but she's got some kind of residual advantage from her uh, biological physiology when she was a, when she was a, of a different gender. I mean, yes, you know, um, what, what, how do you how do you answer that? Yeah, so I think that's the easiest thing for people to, to grab and, and use as a point of saying, no, this can't be or this can't happen. But, um, for me, specifically in cycling, um, if we just take the anatomy and we take, well, bigger bone, bigger this and taller, mm. well, that doesn't really work for cycling. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That's a disadvantage. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but maybe, but I, maybe lung capacity does. I mean, this is what what the, what you know all the all the Facebook doctors were saying. Oh, she's got bigger lungs. You know, she's got bigger lungs than the average woman. You know. So while I maintain obviously the same lung capacity as far as the size and, and everything, but um, on a on a scientific level, and, and I'm not a doctor here, um, but my VO2 max and lung capacity has decreased Diminished, by yeah. about 14%, which is, which is quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I've lost a lot of power and, and we've been able to, um, show this in research, um, through different VO2 max tests. Yeah. One other thing that I'd, I'd like to hear your view on, and, and again, a lot of other, you know, a lot of clever clocks on 
on social media have said this, and that is, if Team Fearless want to run a team according to the rules that Team Fearless decide are the correct rules, why the hell shouldn't they? And if they say they don't want a transgendered athlete on their team, then they're entirely within their rights to do that. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Mm -hmm. I I would agree. As as much as it, it doesn't make sense, people are, you know... They can have their own opinion and they can um, do what they want to do. Yeah, a, a lot of people do not agree, obviously, and, mm-hmm. and over 40, 40 women left Team Fearless yeah. over yeah. this yeah. Yeah. and, and yeah. one admin. So, um, you know, a lot of people do not agree with this. And yes. um, yeah. I, I don't think that's the norm. I don't think that's the way the culture is heading. Let me ask you finally, would you wish that this had or hadn't happened now that a little time has gone past? Do you think some positivity has come out of this to make up for the for the shock and upset that you suffered in, in effectively being booted off the team? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad it happened. Um, I, I wouldn't have changed it. I'm, I'm an advocate, and I have been for years, um, and so... I don't know why I'm I'm feeling these shoes. Um, I, it was just kind of kind of just chosen, and and it's it's been that way for years. But I have a platform and um, a voice, and and I think I'm a good advocate um, in the sport arena to talk on behalf of of trans athletes. So um, no, I'm happy it happened, and I'm you know as much as it's emotionally extremely difficult, and it'll take a little bit. To, to rebound and get through all the messages and, and all that stuff. Uh, we brought awareness. Be fun. Interesting. Excellent. Well, listen, it's, it's been a, a pleasure. And, and indeed, you know, uh, I hope this doesn't sound patronising in any way, but, but an education for me to talk to you because, like I say, I was, I was shamefully unaware of, of, of the, the intricacies and the arguments and, the, and indeed the science and the regulation around this issue. And it's been, uh, it's been fascinating for me to, to learn about it. Thank you very much indeed for your time. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. It's been great talking to you too. Take care. You too. Shane, I know you've been kind of reluctant to get involved in this in public very wisely, probably. But, but I mean, but, uh, but, you know, and, and, and you're close to Vaughn and, and Vaughn, uh, you know, races comp- or, or certainly rides competitively or, 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 or uh, you know, is very interested in women's racing. I mean, wh- mm-hmm. wh- where do you stand on, on the whole thing? Or, or is that just a glib question, really? I mean, do you have anything useful to uh, add? Or, you know, what do you think you could add that's useful? I'll, I'll, I'll be brutally honest and say I have really nothing useful to add. I really don't. I've been watching <laughs> the threads, um, and it's really been disheartening to see a team implode. I love watching the community grow in Zwift. I love watching the, the racing happening, and the, the small rivalries between teams and things like that. Like, I love seeing all that happen in a virtual world. And to see a team like that implode or have these kind of issues um, and then the negativity that just spilled from that, I want the best for everyone, but I don't think there's a there's a best for everyone in this scenario because somebody's going to be either unhappy or have an opinion or say something that you know, other people don't agree with. Look, I'll sit on the fence with this one and just hope the best for everybody. I, I, I can't really relate personally. Um, on this one at all. So I think I'll just leave it at that. I just hope that it gets resolved. Um, and look, look, there's been a lot of headway with the IOC. We've seen the Custer Semenya um, in athletics. Um, and hopefully that's, I guess, set some groundwork at least for these people to work through the issues uh, that are involved there. 
And uh, look, let's just get out and ride our bikes because that's why we love it. Let's let's just yeah, remember that's why we were, we're here and uh, we virtualized that. So let's have fun doing that as well. So mm. I'm hoping for a good outcome soon for all of this. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you on that, Shane. Really, and and let's get out and ride our bikes. You know, it's always a, it's always a great mantra, but but that's a simple thing to do, and it's not a simple world anymore, is it? You know, what I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just it, it just isn't. And these these things are going to come up. I mean, and we can't solve them here, but maybe you know, maybe we nah. should just look at what we think Zwift's attitude to it ought to be, and actually. You know, should Zwift take some action against Team Fearless, as some other people have suggested? I mean, the thing is, Nathan, um, you know, Zwift did release a statement about this and it was not, shall we say, well, let's just say, I think if Team Fearless went to Zwift and asked for a favour tomorrow, it's almost likely, almost certain uh, it's not going to be granted. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put it that way. So, you know, should Zwift, in your view, show more of a leadership role than they've done in, in releasing a statement? I mean, the statement did pretty much make clear what their position was. And that was um, they weren't happy to, 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 to see somebody thrown out of a team for, for this reason. Yeah, um, penalizing people for um, on either side of this issue is uh, that's a tough one. Like, I, I, and and when I say this issue, I want to be so incredibly, incredibly clear about this. Okay, if you read the article celebrating uh jillian's efforts for uh transgender athletes it it um it, it does a great job of doing good journalism and it asks the competitors with jillian what they thought and they said we welcome her as a woman we welcome her and, and there's inclusivity and a feeling of we welcome you but there's at the end of that there's also this tension that they feel like there's something that might be unfair. And that's from the women. I'm not saying that. That's not what my, I'm just talking about what a group, what, what, there's, a, there's a large group of women athletes out there that are asking about fair play. And that may be what Fearless is trying to represent. And as a private team, they should have a right to that expression and a place to express, express that. In the same way, that Jillian has a right to expression and a place to express that. Mm. And if we try and make rules about that expression, we are in the wrong. And yeah. if we penalize for that expression, we are in the wrong. That that's, that's my, that a hundred percent, my, that both are within their rights of expression. And it's not, it's not limiting Jillian's freedom and, 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 and vice versa. It's not limiting team fearless, fearlessness freedom and if we start pushing in on that i think we're actually breaking some pretty basic like really high values in the west on on first amendment and and the individuals um out there so in the in the, in the way that we want to celebrate everything that jillian's about like we need to also respect on both on all sides of that on that coin because there, there isn't just one side to it so yeah yeah well i get where you you you're coming from on, on this and, and let's just just close on this with with me asking you a really super difficult question 
Say you did run a women's team and say three members of that women's team came to you and said, we've discovered we've now got a transgendered athlete on our team. We didn't know she was transgendered. We don't think it's fair. We want you to uh, ask her to resign from the team. What would you do as a team owner? What would you do in that position? And, and you know, you, you can't say, I see both sides. You've got to say, I would, no, you know, no, I, would, yeah. I would make X or Y decision. No, I wouldn't kick her off for the team. You I wouldn't. would follow the rules of the governing body hmm. of cycling in which I compete in as a team. Hmm. That's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it, it, I would follow the rules of the governing body of cycling for that team. So, um, that, yeah. that's what I would, that's what I would do if, because it, it's about competition. If it's about competition, if it's about fairness and competition, they set the rules and that that's what I would go by. Um, yeah, and I, I think that ultimately, you know, we look to the sports governing bodies for leadership on difficult areas like this. And even though it's not a complete picture and a total solution to every single quandary that, that, that may be presented by this quite complicated area, the IOC has produced a set of guidelines with some quite... Um, uh, precise, uh, you know, chemical levels in the body that have to be that have to be met, and I, I guess my position on this is, if it's good enough for the IOC, it's good enough for me. But goodness me, it's a it's a tricky issue for sure, and it does raise passions. Uh, and of course, if passions get raised in cycling, uh, we are finding increasingly they get raised in Zwift. So, um, yeah, interesting one. Um, okay, let's line things up. Um, Shane, what uh, apart from keeping wrapped up nice and warm <laughs> uh, and, and getting back from your little mini sore of ours, what, you, what else are you up to? Uh, always busy, flat out. As you mentioned earlier on in the show, Eurobike isn't too far away, yeah. so it's a bit of a ramp up to Eurobike. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot happening. A um, few giveaways. I've got a lot of stuff that I've procured from uh, certain Zwift events, a few stickers and things. So if I've been doing a few giveaways on Zwift Riders. So if, you've, uh, if you remember, you're not a member of Zwift Riders over on Facebook, jump, get in that group, be sure to see a few posts I'm putting up there and a few grabs. Um, and yeah, we hit almost, almost at 50,000 subscribers on YouTube. So things are going really, really well. Um, still continuing to put out either long content plus short content. I actually even published a video during this Zwiftcast. So uh, yeah, there's always little, little snippets going out there. And uh, I mean, I've got, I wrote down 50 videos I've got lined up to do. So 50? there's always, always, yeah, I've got, I've got any, any time of the day, I could be working on any number of videos I've got written down here. And that's not with the new things coming out. So tons of stuff going on. Jump on board, follow along. It's all good. A list of 50 videos I had to make, that would, that would, that would kind of, that would have me verging on panic, Nathan, actually, I think. Uh, anyway, what are you up to? Uh, more riding out oh, the Zwift trying to get my wheels. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm after those wheels. Being concerned about whether or not I'm going to be lynched from not being on one side or another of this, of this, um, Team Fearless issue. I, I mean, um, so those are the two things I'm up to right now. <laughs> so... Okay. And, uh, and you, happening? Well, you, we were talking before we, before we kind of uh, before we started recording, and you were saying your 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 training's fallen off a cliff uh, over the last three or four weeks. Why? What 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 what's happening in your life that's made your training 
decline so rapidly? Not racing full time right now. And right. Not, I mean, the reality of, I tell this to my athletes a lot. Uh, training is about imagination. You're imagining a future of ordered space that has got some sort of awesome goal that you're after. And um, without that goal-oriented oriented training, absolute suffering is not necessarily in the moment <laughs> that motivating. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, getting after it, getting a couple of goals out there is probably... You know, I, I do have a, uh, some later season goals, prop, you know, perhaps to get after. So um, we'll see if uh, we'll see that motivates me to start riding a, li- a little bit more structured. Maybe that's where we need these these uh, artificial intelligent, you know, training plans. Where's the training plans at? Let's go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, well, I, to be honest, I've always found fear to be the greatest motivator to train, actually. So, you know, you need some kind of event where, you know, you fear coming last, which gets you ass out the front door to actually go and ride a bike in, in some kind of... <laughs> Isn't that just the waistline fear? I have an event. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, well, I've got that as well. There's an event yeah, that's yeah. taking place yeah. right here. I've definitely got that. I've definitely got waistline anxiety at the moment. I, I, I did put it on over winter, which I normally do, but it's normally gone by now, but it just it hasn't. Uh, so, yeah, things, things are not good in the waistline department. Uh, Shane, great to talk to you as ever. It feels like ages actually since we've talked, but uh, really good to have you back on board. Thanks very much indeed for your contribution today and the same from you, Nathan. Um, It only remains for me to say uh, see you next time, boys, and thanks very much indeed. No worries. Thanks, boys. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you again soon. And that's it for episode 49. Thank you for watching or listening. Just the usual reminder that whilst we're very grateful for the support that we receive from Zwift, that support does not influence anything we say on the Zwiftcast. Thanks again for watching or listening.